Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1942, in the cold desert of a small border town in Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the masquerade Sabbat chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazombra played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. What we're going to do now to kind of like just cover the bases or whatever is who wants to feed right here? Who needs to feed? I, I know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Coyote needs to feed. What about you, uh, Mitch? Mitch is good, but he'll top off if the opportunity presents itself. What about you, Jasper? No, Jasper should be full. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Cora? Well, she's basically almost full, but if she can get a two blood points or so, she wouldn't mind. All right. And what about you, Richard? I'm also almost full. So... If the opportunity presents itself, maybe, but no necessity. Okay. For those of you who want to try feeding, we're just going to do the perception uh, perception roll difficulty, depending on what where you're trying to feed and like what you're trying to feed from. I would say around here, with it being darker, 1940-ish, people walking around, I'll say difficulty like five. You know what I mean? Because it's not real busy. You know what I mean? Like in a city or anything. So which one of you guys want to do perception roll difficulty five to feed? Yeah, I will. All right. What about you, uh, Cora and Mitch? I'll do it. All right. Well, I totally botched big time. Oh, you botched. All right. Zero success. Coyote, you go off to feed like, on your own. You guys are kind of staying around the in area, you know, just to fast forward it. I would just say that, like, what's going to happen is, is that instead of, like, suddenly coming up and trying to, like, basically enrapture someone to you know what i mean to feed you just don't have that ability you know what i mean like you come upon this lady that you see lady of the night that's walking around there and you come upon her and you get close and you think to yourself like i am going to make her blow her mind like my my bride like every woman every person looks at me like i'm a god you show yourself to her and her first reaction is fear and she turns to run i'll say you easily can grab her you know what i mean Just hoist her up and bury my fangs in her bosom. And I take it that you're going to drain her because of your 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 uh, vice of murder. Yeah, of course. Um, is my bride with me? She's still eating in, inside. No, your bride basically came out with a burlap sack. I'm sorry. Okay. You know what I mean? That had yeah. like perishables and everything like that in there, and she's just following you around. You know, um, I'm gonna make her feed. Even like I'm I'm pretty ignorant of the nature of vampires. I'm gonna make her drink some of the blood. They take some. Oh wow, wow. Oh, this is dark. Okay, first before I do the scene, what's your humanity mm-hmm. at now? Uh, two. Okay, yeah, you're gonna have to ro- roll up because this is casual violation, thoughtless killing, feeding past saturation. Yeah, let's give me a conscious roll difficulty eight, please. Conscience. Okay, conscience one, huh? Oh, don't botch, dude. Don't botch. We're going to lose you to a style before we even get to the fucking fight. Maybe I should use a point of willpower here. This seems pretty crucial. You You can't. can't. I can let you take it back. If you want to take it back and not drain her, I can let you pull it back. It's your call. YOLO. What what was the difficulty? How about this? He does a self-control roll first to see if he can withstand his vice. Yeah, do you want to do that? Sure. You're the storyteller. (laughs) What's the self-control role for Ravenos for their vice? Difficulty six. So self-control role, difficulty six, please. One success. One success. All right. So you're able just to saturate yourself from her. I could even say like you pick her up and like you like punch her on the side of her head, and, like which you hear a slight crunch, but you know, you feel her still breathing as she like slides along this wood and you go and you feed. I'll let you take like 
three points from her, but then I'll let you like force your bride to like, and we'll do the scene. Does that sound good to you? Sure. All right. So you got three blood pool points. What happens is you come upon Miss Prostitute and you just show yourself like I explained. Smash your head against the wall. You punch her on the side of the head. You start feeding from her and then you take your bride and you grab her by the back of her neck and you're like spitting some of this blood into her mouth and you're like forcing her mouth. like You know what I mean? And forcing her yeah, forcing her to drink. And you could hear the bride like gag a little bit as she's doing it. You know what I mean? But she's fighting the feeling of wretch. And as you like, she's looking at you like as her face is on this, like on the bosom. She's like looking up at you, blood like dripping down. Like she wants you just to like give her some kind of like acknowledgement, like she's doing the right thing. I'll give her a, this is going to be really cheesy vampire fear. I'm going to give her a blood kiss. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. And you guys are just like, like your long tongue, that like horror, just like you know what I mean. Valdry Obviously, just blood like, spilling out the side of my face because my mask yeah, is like flipped. It's off. just it's just, it's just this horrendous scene. A matter of fact, and I'll say that Cora, who's going around trying to hunt, who has no successes, mm. like walks around the corner and sees you two in the act over this body. Cora, you come and you see that this happening between Coyote and his bride as it happens. We'll cut to Mitch. Mitch, you come upon a couple people, ladies of the night there. Well, if my uh, sheet here is correct, he only needs two. Okay, so you're just going to take two? Yeah, he'll probably just chat up one of the uh, ladies of the night. Be very pleasant and polite. Yeah. All right. You're able to get two blood pool points. Lonely old man. Exactly. Lonely old man. While this feeding's going on, Jasper and Richard go by the church. You know what I mean? I'll let you guys get whatever, you know, like some holy water, whatever you need. You're picking up other things, and you guys are coming back along the road. And we'll say that you see Mitch come walking from the side. And I want to see a scene between Cora and Coyote right now before you guys head back to the boat. Coyote and Cora. Cora, you walk around, and you see the scene. Scene's on you guys. Go ahead. Oh, my. I seem to have interrupted you. I look up with blood just spilling from my moor. See, there's still plenty here if you need some. She's not dead yet. Hmm. I don't think that's necessary, Coyote, dear. I'm quite full. Uh, it's just minding my own business on a stroll through the town. Okay, I'll just drop the unconscious woman as if she's just nothing now and just start walking with Cora. Cora would take a handkerchief and actually clean his mouth. You guys see that. You see Cora cleaning his mouth as they are walking back to the road. You know what I mean? I'll also uh, put the rosary on, around Cora's neck that I found. Oh. Oh Thank you, Coyote. What a nice sound, man. <laughs> that I found, air quotes. You guys are end up getting back on the boat. We'll just say you guys back on the boat. I'll ha- we'll have one final scene between you guys before you guys go to bed. You guys are all on the deck of the boat. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys since, you know, Jasper and Tillman kind of find out whatever, but, uh, or you can talk about the, what's going to happen the next day. Scenes on you guys. Go ahead. I think we should discuss tactics, I guess. All right, boss. What, what's the plan? Mitch will uh, snap out of his trance staring at the ocean. He'll look at each pack member. He'll look each of you in the eyes, and he'll take a deep breath. We're coming up on the big one tomorrow, so I suggest that all of y'all make right with whatever you need to make right with, and get yourselves ready. I, I'll share what we found out. Like, like a, apparently Azul is like a salt mine that was found that was made by this Middle Eastern family that came from like the 1910s, and apparently it's just been slowly dying over the years. No one goes there anymore. Huh. Interesting. Do we have enough uh, equipment to light our way? I have some yeah, suspicions you... that we have to fight in very, very small caverns. Mm. And it's uh, a suitable place for those people. Okay, so um, in character, Richard is definitely afraid of fighting in a small cavern. He doesn't really know any mines from the inside, so that's what he's assuming. You guys gonna hit the rack until you guys till you guys get to Capachi tomorrow evening? Uh, that's I agree yeah. with that plan. I think most of us are ready to turn in. Although Mitch is gonna take a moment to uh, restock the bar on the boat with that bottle of tequila he grabbed, <laughs> and he'll leave the uh, little toy soldier next to it. Nice, nice. Sweet. That's a nice touch there. I like that. Definitely. <clears throat> you guys all hit the rack. 
I'm okay. gonna allow the bride to sleep snuggled up to me, like uh, show her some effect. I'll throw her a bone, I guess, nice. and let her drink some of my blood as well, too. I don't know, increase the blood bond, I suppose. Yeah, well, she's fully blood bound to you now, so congratulations. You have, the full, you have your first disciple apostate of the Church of Quixote. Everyone, wake up, blow blood pool point. When you're all in your bunks right now, whoever, because we're just going to kind of say you all wake up around the same time because, like, Richard isn't really head of the pack now with, like, humanity, you know? You feel like the the boat is a lot more choppier than it's been before. Scenes on you guys. Go ahead. Like, like Mitch, you're awake. Go ahead. Okay. If I'm awake, that means uh, Richard's awake. Everyone's kind of waking up at the same time. Go ahead. Okay. Mitch will get up, and he'll feel the, the chop and the weather, and he'll grumble make some old man noises. He'll sit on his bunk, light a cigarette, grab his uh, rifle and his bayonet, and he'll actually give them a polish as best he can with what he has on hand. He'll check his ammo. He'll get himself fully dressed, and then he'll uh, head up on deck. And as he's going down the hallway in the boat, he'll knock on everyone's door, and he'll just say to everyone at once, Grab your gear. This is the one. I guess so. Like I'm getting like excited hearing that as a storyteller, you know. So, Corey, you see Mitch go through all these, you know, these steps, and you guys all hear the doors, your doors being knocked. I guess I'll ask this: as Mitch is going upstairs, I kind of guess I have an idea of what Mitch is thinking at the moment. What are each and individual you thinking, Cora? Right now, when you see Mitch go out, start knocking on the door. What's going on in her head at this moment? Okay, so Cora at this point is on the verge of, like, almost frenzy. Like, she's, like, this is this is it. This is the moment. You know, the moon's shining. It's time to rip these fuckers apart. And we'll see what, you know, what comes out of it. Uh, what about you, uh, Jasper? Jasper will make sure, when he wakes up, he'll make sure to feed his driver. And then he'll, and then he'll make sure to, like, grab his knife and he'll just... Like sitting near, like standing in the doorway, just like hesitating before opening it, just <sighs> gathering himself. Then he'll then he'll get fuck out after he hears like Mitch make his announcement. Nice. What about you, Richard? What's going on in your head? Mm, Richard is still thinking about the mine information, like trying to work out how uh, how a fight could work, and he's uh, having these. Um, well, almost nightmares uh, of going down to this mine many, many miles under the surface of the earth and just walking down into hell. Richard is such potential future paladin material. It's not even funny. Like, <laughs> like Richard is like the guy who's like tactician. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, emotion. Richard's like, I'm, I'm the analytical moonshiner. You know what I mean? And it almost <laughs> makes sense in the fact that like, the patient he was patient. constantly afraid in his life to be caught or um, have someone attack uh, his home out of spite. So he was constantly um, seeing shadows moving, um, completely drunk out of his mind with his rifle in his hands. <laughs> yeah, well, all, I still, mean, yeah, that makes that's sense. That's still his mindset. That makes total sense. And plus, to be a moonshiner, even though you don't have to have a high IQ, it's it's not like something easy. You know what I mean? You have to be analytical to make a batch of good moonshine. You know what I mean? And so you're taking these skills that you had in your mortal life and you're transferring them and adapting them into your new existence right now, which is like, I think it's rad. I think it's an awesome character development. That's You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool. Also, you're the guy with the heavy bags that have all the random equipment that you guys have because, you know, you're strong. <laughs> and so uh, you're probably walking up there with these bags i would say too you know what i mean oh shit coyote you're awake uh, what's going on in your mind i get up and i've kind of i guess there's a bucket of water i've just washed myself off a little bit and um i'm i'm just kind of looking at my hands and thinking this is a real chance to test what i can do now but i'm also ready i'm ready for revenge like i was saying earlier um, I haven't decided whether I want the bride to come with me yet, so I'm going to put that to the rest of the guys before we go. Yeah, you yeah. got. You can say you're on the deck, and you'll ask them. You guys are all standing on the deck. Go ahead, and uh, you can ask away. This is going to be dangerous. Perhaps I should leave her here, but can I trust these men on the boat? 
Perhaps we could take her part of the way, like on, like onto the city of into the town of Campeche. Then, before we actually arrive at Zul, then we leave her behind to guard the Let way. Let me go check on something real quick. And Mitch will wander off to find the old man and the boy, or his son. You find actually the old man is standing there, like without a cane. You know what I mean? And he's just kind of like, like almost like looking at the group in a way. But they're giving him. His son and his grandson are kind of like standing there, giving you guys a comfortable like twenty feet paces away. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't want to interfere. And you, as you walking towards him, you kind of see this look of worry on the old man's face. You know, as you walk up, Mitch will uh, nod to the old man, not that he can see him, mm-hmm. and the uh, his son, and he'll give the uh, grandson like a playful rub of you know hair tussle, and in Spanish he'll talk to the old man one more drink of tequila before we set off. Yes, of course, my friend, of course. And you see, like, he already kind of, you, you see behind his back, he pulls the bottle out, and he has, like, two glasses, you know what I mean? And he's like, I was going to ask you, but I wanted to respect your, your your privacy. And he kind of, like, motions to you, which is odd a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, you're not you, with, with one of the glasses, like, in, in between his fingers. Mitchell will take the glass, and he'll say, uh, grab a third for your son. I don't know if you want the uh, the boy to have any, but. And why not? You know, and he's like, you two, and he motions to his son. The son goes, walks in like the little steering cabin, comes out with two glasses. You see the little kids kind of excited a little bit. And you see the old man like pop it off. And you're kind of again taken aback because he like pours a little bit in your glass, you know. And he's like waiting for the other two and he pours. And you're looking at the old man's eyes and you kind of see the, the milky cataracts that were there before aren't as milky as they were like three nights ago, you know. And you see he's like, look, he's like, I, I feel like I'm starting to see shapes again which is really odd, but I'm not one to complain, you know? And he kind of pops the top and sets the tequila down on the ground. And you see the little boys like eager and you see like the old man takes a shot and you see the son takes a shot and you see like the little kid takes a shot and you're staring there, Mitch looking at the little kid as he takes it. And you see like the little kid's like eyes like roll back and then back of his head a little bit. And you see him tremble and he like kind of like goes back a little bit and he goes along like the edge of the, the inside of the boat and he just kind of like slides down on his ass and you see he's just kind of like shaking and, and, and pleasure almost. And you see like the boy that like, opens his eyes, he's staring off like 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 into the distance like he can't focus his eyes. You just see like this odd, like content, warm smile spread across his face. Mitchell chuckle a little and he'll look at the boy. Is this your first son? And he's just like, and he's just like nodding his head a little bit and he's closing his eyes. But like, you could tell the dad's looking at him odd because like, this is like not the normal reaction of someone who has their first drink. But uh, obviously due to the vitae that you introduced into the drink, this is having an, un, this having, this having this kind of effect on the boy. And you're kind of like, almost like this is the first time you've been confronted by that. You know what I mean? I don't know how Mitch would feel about that or whatever, but you're basically taking innocence right now. And you've just totally corrupted it. You know what I mean? You've totally introduced it to something into its system to where that boy is probably never going to be the same again, especially in the formative years that, that is going on right now. There, there's probably going to be unforeseen consequences in the future if this boy grows to adulthood. You know what I mean? With, uh, with uh, two humanity, Mitch probably doesn't really care. All that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. And I'm not like trying to guilt, you know what I mean, Mitch, into yeah, doing yeah. this. I'm just saying. That's what's going on right now to kind of show the impact of what introducing not only Vitae to someone, a grown adult, but to a, a young, like, preteen, teenager in his formative years. You know what I'm saying? So I just, like, just want to get that point across, definitely. And the old man kind of puts his shoulders on you or his, his hand on your shoulder, and he's like, I have a sense that you're worried about something. I just want you to take care and be careful. And We are going to wait here for you to come back. We decided that we want to give you a ride back. So come back to us, okay? Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. By the way, we're going to be leaving uh, my friend's lady friend here on the boat while we're gone. Leave her be while we're gone. She likes her privacy, if that's all right. Yeah, and is that Texan man who walks around all odd during the day and doesn't say anything? Is he staying too? That's the driver for Mitch and, and uh, or not Mitch, for uh, Jasper. So he's currently asleep right now because he sleeps whenever Jasper's awake. I think he'll be staying too. Okay. All right. You be careful. Seriously. Come back. We'll have a drink together. I will. Don't you worry about that. Take care of yourselves while we're gone. Yeah. And you see the guy's like the old man. You see he's kind of like trying to fight back some tears. You know what I mean? Like, you know, doesn't want to have man tears. 
like go down. So he just kind of turns around and he like walks off, you know. So you guys right now where you're at, you kind of look and you see that you're at another dock, but you see that this the Apache, this town is not like these previous two that you're at. It's like barely functional. You know what I mean? Like you just see like these old abandoned like kind of buildings. You see a similar building little building office that's on the dock as the last one you kind of see like there's a barn stable you know what i mean you kind of see some horses there and everything but right now the sky is like full of lightning like you see these clouds and it's almost purple even though it's night out you know what i mean but the water is like super choppy in the boat you know what i mean is moving even though you're on the dock and you see just like there's this thunder and and it, you kind of feel the like a kind of light splat of rain but it's not like quite raining yet and you look further south in the direction south and you just see like this white sand that seems to go on into the horizon like it's not like the other areas where you've been at where it's kind of like has like a little beach or whatever and then like land eventually goes there but you see like further south past this village is just white beach sand and and and, and you you don't really see any like trees or anything to that extent you know what i mean uh you don't see any road you don't see anything to the, like that at the moment oh and one final thing sul is like 10 miles down that beach so okay. the old man before he leaves tells you mitch you know like Hey, where you're heading is like 10 miles down that beach. There's no road there. So you're either going to have to walk or you're going to have to like get a horse from, you know what I mean? Where the, that barn, that ranch is at there. It's it's on you guys. So just be careful. And he like turns around and walks off. Do we want to get ourselves some horses? Do y'all know how to ride a horse? I don't know if one would take my weight at this point or if it would even let me near it. I don't know how to ride a horse. I can force a horse to accept you, Coyote. That's not an issue. I have not ridden a horse. I guess we're walking then. I suppose. Well, it ain't like we're going to get tired. You guys start walking down this clear, white-sanded, powdered-sanded beach. You smell the, the the moisture in the air and like the smell of rain and you feel like the electricity of the lightning as it's cutting through and it continuously like will light up the night and it'll almost make illuminate the sand that you guys are walking along on the left of where you're walking you have the waves are just storming you see these huge waves just are like cascading from the ocean you know and you see the light seems to be reflecting off of there too and slowly you start feeling drops of rain hitting your head and eventually like at the three or four mile mark as you guys are walking the rain starts like like coming down and it's not like a hard jungle rain you know what i mean but it's enough to where you guys are starting to get soaked in in this water i take you guys are walking along next to each other like like is that how you guys are walking or you just kind of walking on your own like how would you say that you guys are walking at the moment We'd be walking in a sort of a loose group in general. Okay, definitely. And as you guys are, are continuing to walk, I'd say like about the seven mile mark, and this is about an hour and a half, two hours in. And I, are you guys quiet at this time? Are you guys having small talk? Or are you guys like focused? I just kind of like want to get a vibe of like how your characters are at the moment. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I take it would be hard to have a conversation because of the rain, you know what I mean? And the thunder coming down. But like, are you guys... What 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 is this trek at this moment? What is this like march doing, m- making you feel at this moment, Mitch? As you guys with the rain going and just like not seeing an end to where you need to be. A part of Mitch feels like he's back in France, walking towards the front, like like that 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 one step after another is leading you to an ultimate uh, 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 confrontation that is inevitable. Like like I see what you mean, like a forced march in a way, right? Yep. He's just he's very grimly determined right now he's probably not even smoking he's probably just trying to focus his thoughts as much as possible you know salt mine darkness advantages disadvantages to the terrain what do we know what do we not know how can we use what we have to our advantage if this happens or that happens or the other thing happens just trying to work out every possibility in his head uh what about you cora you saying are you feeling frenzied or like how are you feeling at this moment? Oh, yeah. Like, it's sort of... Well, I'd say now that one, uh, sh- that she's walking towards the, you know, 
along the beach towards the final sort of destination that we have. Uh, she's probably clutching her a ritual knife and sort of playing with it in her pocket. And she's not really angry or as agitated as she was before, but like very tense. Tense, I like that. What about you, Jasper? Jasper, he's now that we're like on actually on this, you know, the final leg of the stretch of the journey before we get there. Jasper is definitely like trying to psych himself up as he keeps on walking. He's like, okay, we can do this. I'm, you know, I'm with, I'm with the pack. We're strong together like this. We can overcome this. But he's he's trying to like conflict with the memory of like what he's seen, with like the memory of just you know the, f the fact of being you know among the pack, the this dangerous pack that we've taken down, stuff. So yeah, it's sort of like the two things are conflicting in his head. Nice. What about you, Richard? Richard's gonna see the thunderstorm as an omen, and he's going to try to find out where it's uh, located. Like he's going to try to count the seconds between the lightning and the thunder and try to watch the distance to maybe see a burning tree or something. Try to find out whether the pack is walking right into the like the focal point of the thunderstorm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'll answer that when we're done here. Uh, what about you, Coyote? What's going on in your head right now? I guess the thrashing of the waves and the thunderstorms kind of reflecting what's going on in my mind where I'm just seething uh, still just eager to get stuck in, have some fun killing because I haven't done that in a while <laughs> and proof again, proof who the, the big wolf on campus is. Sweet. Sweet. Definitely. You guys, as you're walking on the beach, you notice that there's a slight incline that, that comes along the beach, which is, you know what I mean? Kind of like a little, little, little slight incline. Right. And as you're walking along, especially you, Richard, when the thunder lights again, lightning lights and lights up a sky, the sky like past this little slight incline, which you see is like the, the top most of it. You see a figure is standing there and you catch the side of the figure. Cause you guys are about like 20 feet away and you see the figure when it lights up, you recognize it's the shape. Cause you guys are especially on edge. You're hypervigilant at this moment, you know? is of Belinda, the one member of the Bandidos, the quiet female one who kind of had like shorter hair and um, who kind of dressed like a guy. But when you guys can see when the lightning comes, you kind of see that her eyes sockets are empty. Like, they're, like they look like her eyes were gouged out. And you see like her finger is just like arm is extended and her finger is pointing over the crest like over the crest of where to the other side. And you see she's not like moving at all or anything like that, but slowly, eerily her head like turns and is looking at you and you see the gapping, the gapping caves that are her eye sockets that no longer nothing reside in. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. What in the hell? But they do that to one of their own. Or she did it to herself. Yeah, that's a scary thought. Has she met Final Death? No, or, I don't think so. No, she, she would become dust. And Richard activates all specs too, if it works on distances like that. Yeah, it does. Go ahead and roll it. Perception and empathy, difficulty eight, I believe. I have three successes. So um, you see pale, you see orange, bright orange. Uh, it's afraid. And you, okay. see, and you see these swirling hypnotic colors that are going on behind the orange, like that are coming out of the sides, which means psychotic. I'm pretty sure they have done it to her and she did not enjoy it. And you just hear, and you, as her mouth opens, you see like she has no tongue. Her tongue has been removed. We need to put her just, out of her misery. If you wish to brother, she, we all partaken in uh diablery, but if yeah, except for you, if, you want there she before is. you've even finished i've already started the <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna lose automatically one roll one dice of humanity and you could potentially lose another no no wait hold on hold on because we do that would we'll do the no i'll just say you automatically lose one because a one in humanity to like have to roll that it says like 
you have to be like Hitler or something like that. Yeah, utter per- <laughs> perversion or heinous act. So we'll say like, okay, you can Diablerize her. First of all, let's do the mechanics of it, and then we'll do the story of it, okay? What's your current sure. generation right now, uh, Coyote? Uh, 13. So, oh, you do not get any generation. But okay. roll me 1d10, please. Get a 7. Seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have the potential to learn obfuscate in the future. Ooh. So write that down on your character sheet. The first dot in obfuscate. You guys see, like, you're in the middle of like talking to him, Jasper, and you just see the blanket just fall off, and you see him like rushing. He just like weeps on her, like literally, like just like takes his huge form and knocks his body over, and you just see like his hair come back and the horns, and like right when the like the lightning hits. And you see, like, his form, he's like, whoom, you just see the head slams down. You, Coyote, as you're feeding there, you know, that ego of yours is just running rampant. Like, you feel like her, and then you like, you feel her blood, like, coming into your system. And you feel that ego of yours, that godhead is, like, coming into full effect. And at that very last moment, when you feel, like, utter emptiness from her body and you feel her soul start coming into you, you start getting this wait wait no 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 i don't want this i don't want this and you feel like as that soul like just comes into you you're like see upon this vision of her you see or in your head you see this figure like like on the beach just come up and you see these like it's like curled it's almost like looks like a a black mass of boulder and then as you see the slowly these wings come unfold and you see like it's slowly like these arms come out, like it's pushing its upper body up. It's on its knees, and you see it look directly into you as this pure onyx and black. This face it has no shape, it has no distinguished figures, but the features. But these eyes that are just like black, along with the rest of his face, so seem to like in their in their in their voidness of color seem to keep every color within it. Like things are trapped within these eyes that show no sign of anything but what they are. And you feel this panic start overwhelming you, and you almost like want to like run off in fear because you see lashing out as well, kind of thrashing around. Yeah, okay. Yeah, as you're like doing it, and you see like as you're like this moment of panic when you first realize this is what a god is, and that you're like you're 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 something finite trying to understand the infinite. That is what's going on at this moment. And then at this very moment, you feel like your whole existence and every atom and particle in you is going to dissipate and fall apart. You you see black eyes again, but you that are zoned in on you, like, like you're zoomed in on them. And slowly the picture starts coming out and you see the face of Vidar. And you just see like this pale face and the, 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 the cheap greenish black ink of these 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 nordic tattoos and you and and as you zoom out you just are hear this thumping voice sound that's the stake the stake and you hear it like in your head coming through as you snap out of it you guys see like you see after belinda turned to dust you see just like coyote like curled up like like in um the fetal position for a moment like thrashing out with his hands and then you snap out at coyote and you see like your pack members looking at you in this clear white sand and dust that's like around your body at this moment go ahead seems on you guys i'm shocked i kind of can't think of kind of clenching sand in my hands as i'm on the ground you know like raking at it i kind of I feel like I've been humbled a little bit, punching yeah, my fist okay. in the sand as hard as I can and screaming or bellowing. <laughs> like Arnold Schwarzenegger style. Jasper and uh, Richard, you really feel an affinity to this. Mitch and and Mitch and, and Cora, you can't really like your experience was much different, but you notice that your three children in a way have reacted this way to Diablery. And I would say almost it would make you worried a little bit, Cora, because of like, you know, your pack priestess mode. But you two, Jasper and, and Richard, can can relate to this. So go ahead, scenes on you guys before we continue. Mitch will turn to Cora. Cora, do you by chance have any sort of chalice or cup we can use? I think this might be a good time for a Valdery. Well, I, I did take a Valdery cup with us. And I do have the knife as well. 
Oh man, this is such a rad scene. I did not figure, but I could just imagine like in this like utmost rain thunderstorm and like the ashes of like this bandito pack member and like the the one who thought he was a god just like this just needing moral reassurance and like what is over the crest of this hill. You guys like being like fuck this, we need to bond. Like at this moment we need to like like fucking reaffirm our loyalty to each other and to the cause. Oh, that's such a fucking rad idea, dude. I love that. I did not picture this happening. You guys, like, by the way, I don't give a fuck. I'm not even editing this out, but I want to say as players, you guys have totally killed it throughout this whole story. So kudos to you guys. I'm like super happy about that, but this is crazy. Okay, let's let's reaffirm this Valdry, guys. Coyote, everybody, come uh, come on in us. Let's stand in a circle. Mm, I'll do so. I'm brooding, though. You can see I'm troubled. I'll keep this. I'll keep this short. Everyone knows we have something very important to do. Just remember, everybody here, each and every one. It's possible that tomorrow evening, some of us may be gone. All of us may be gone. But our mission is going to be complete. And it's going to be a success. And I know that. I know that because I know you. Uh, then she cuts herself, pours, pours the blood there, and, you know, passes it around. As a storyteller, I'm going to say we're not even going to roll. I'm just going to give everyone plus one to whatever Valdry score you currently have or uh, your pack members. Because I feel that, like, everything that you guys have gone through. And now, like, it's almost like Coyote experiencing this finally on his own was, like, that final, like peace that like just like fucking fell into place that just make you guys this unit that you guys have been trained to be so everyone bump your valdry scores for each other up by one unless you're at 11 which is the max obviously you can't go to like uber 12 okay cool are you guys going over the bridge are you going over the the incline i just want to take um jasper and richard aside for a second or in fact i'll just do it in front of everybody hold on a story tell i totally didn't let me describe the, the Valdry thing real quick, though. I just, like, sure. picture this scene, though, like, where you guys are all standing in a circle, and it's just, like, rain and drenched, and you know what I mean? Like, there's just no shelter from this storm, and this storm is just, like, the wind is blowing, and the lightning is thundering, and, like, you guys are literally, like, have this cup that's just, like, getting drenched in rain, and you're just, like, slicing your wrist and, like, putting this blood in there. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, like, a clean ritual. This is, like, something that's literally being done in the center of the storm, and, like, you guys are, like that rock that's in the center of the storm that like none of this wind none of this thunder or this rain is gonna like harm the stone that's in the middle of it you know what i mean while trees and sand and animals and life may be dying you guys are just still solid in the middle of this you know go ahead though with your scene i apologize but go ahead i just wanted to kind of say to richard and jasper i'll say look you saw i was you encouraged me to diabolize her. Did you know that I was going to see that? You needed to see what you needed to see. The beginning of wisdom. You are stronger than this. Hmm. You will come out stronger. You will come out Thank wiser. You. Thank you, Richard. And, and you too, Jasper. I'll, um, I'll turn towards Mitch and extend a hand like for a handshake and I'll say let's do this leader what's the next step Mitch will take Coyote's hand give it a firm manly handshake clasp his other hand on the back of it mm. brother we are the rock upon which this storm will break you guys are walking over the the the, the incline and gonna start going down the hill yep Mitch will get his <laughs> rifle get... ready All right. he'll slide his bayonet on not knowing what to expect. Nice. All right. So you guys walk over the incline of the hill. And as you go onto the top of the hill and you look down, you see it start going down and you see some more white sand. But then you see a front of you, like 200 yards. You see the backs. You see what used to be maybe have a building there. But through storms or destruction man-made nature you don't know only parts of the four walls are still standing meaning you see like in front of you you see a corner on the left 
of the maybe the wall that faced nearest to where you guys are. You know what I mean? It's just like a corner of it. And maybe about like 10 feet of that corner of the wall is up, but nothing else is attached to it. And it's like made from this white stone almost. You know what I mean? It looks like bricks that maybe were white at one point or painted white. You don't know. But you see like there seems to be like some green vegetation that grows along it, like some ivy of some sort. You know, like this was a grove maybe that was in the middle of this beach, you know. And then you see to the right, you see a wall that maybe like if there was a wall here facing you and then there was a wall going this direction, you see it's like 20 feet and it looks almost like jagged, like almost like it'd be like a shark's tooth shape almost, you know, and you see, and then you see like on the wall farthest from where it would have, wall would have been if this building was still standing, you see another corner piece that almost kind of mirrors the one that you saw like on the far left and in the middle when you see on the ground because you can see totally where like you know what i mean the ground of this building would be would have been you see a bonfire going and it's a strong bonfire and it illuminates against these walls like like the, these walls are like shad make form shadows on the white sand of the beach that's around it and you see this illumination you see this fire illuminates on that tall, like toothed, jagged wall, the, sh- the form of Vidar, who is chained by his arms, dangling, and has this stake within his chest. And you see that his eyes are open and his face is frozen. And you see his eyes are pitch black, like like pure black. But he's like facing the ocean. You know, that's where that wall is facing at. And you see this bonfire is roaring, and you look. And you see this figure, this man, he, he, he's naked and he had, and, and, and by the way, you see that Vidar is naked too on there, but you see this man, like you see almost him from the side, you know, and he has this long, like black hair and he has very pale skin and he has like this very finely trimmed goatee of like the Spanish style. Mitch, you recognize this man. You are slammed with the memory of the visions that you had when you diablerized at Telexu, who who was on that beach oddly enough a pale white sanded beach like this uh, who was when that settite was backed into water like he like a, a a cruel facade of a baptism of the ocean and was brought up by a spanish man you see and when that when that settite saw a woman who was standing naked on a white beach you're like putting this together. Like this was the same beach. You're you're realizing that as you're hit by this. And to a reminder, that vision, that woman opened her mouth and insects swam or swarmed from her mouth and covered this settite and he woke up on the beach alone. But that Spaniard who put him back into the water and brought him out to look at this woman is the same Spaniard who is in front of this bonfire. And currently the Spaniard is rutting with this with this woman. But this woman looks to be pregnant. It's not the same woman that the site sat on the beach. It's a sobbing human figure. And you see he's just like grabbing her by her hair and his neck. And he's just like, like this, like showing no intimacy whatsoever as he's this pregnant Hispanic woman. He's just almost, it's a rape that he's doing to her. And you see at this moment, he's laughing. Like, and you hear this inhuman laugh coming as loud because it echoes on these walls and echoes from this grove and echoes to you up on top of this hill. And you, and, 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 and you hear him as he's laughing, he's chanting and he's chanting in this language that I don't think any of you understand because none of you have dots in anything other than Spanish and English. You hear some Latin through in here, but mostly it sounds like this guttural language, you know, a lot of like that as he's like, you know, screaming on the top of his lungs, as he's rutting and you see him, pulls this this pregnant lady's neck and you see him like has this dagger in his hand he like slices across her throat and you see his blood like squirts into the fire and you see him like 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 pull himself out of her and you see the figure of reginald comes and and he's wearing like these those brown like potato sack pants you know made from that material burlap pants and you see him take the back of this pregnant hispanic lady who's just like blood is just gushing out of her throat and you see him like like inhuman strength is just like holding her like like you would pull a kitten by the back of its neck and you see him like dragging as you're watching him like take this figure you see there's this there's this 
white there's this hole that is in the ground like like where the other wall would have been at one point you know like beyond it you know and and it almost looks like to be a well of sort that's the only thing you can kind of describe but it looks to be rather large like 30 by 30 you know in this in this diameter and you see him like you can't see what he does because you just see the back of Reginald, but you see him take this like machete and you see like him go like crying, but you can't tell exactly because his back is covering him. But you see like something dark falls out of the stomach area into this well. And, and you see him throw like the figure into the well behind it. And you hear, and at this very moment when you're like just starting to like put two and two together and you guys are like starting to like basically like take this all in, you hear this slight insectile buzzing almost and it's almost like gives you like the hair on the back of your forearms and on the back of your neck starts rising it gives you like goosebumps and 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 you can tell it's coming from this well this 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 hole in the earth and you could tell at this very moment this hole in the earth scares you and you see like almost like this eerie like redness that seems to gently, gently just kind of like break the very surface like a light almost. It's not as illuminating as the fire, but you see it kind of like pulses. And as you're like focusing, you look back down, you see the Spaniard again has his other lady. And you're kind of looking, you're like, what the fuck? And you see that there's like a cowering group of like these these women, these pregnant women that are on their knees. And you see like there's this one figure in a robe, this dark robe that's watching them. And, 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 and you see him just start doing it again. He's just running and he's chanting loud. But this time, as he's chanting more, you see like the fire like sparks red a little bit as he's doing it. And give me uh, a perception and alertness roll, Jasper, Richard, and Coyote. Difficulty, fuck, eight. Difficulty eight, please. Zero. Zero, all right. I have seven dice and I botch. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Jasper? Two, two successes. All right. Jasper got two successes. And Jasper, so as you're sitting there and you're seeing all this and you're looking at, you, you, you take this all in and you look at Vidar and you see Vidar's face and, and it just like sparks something off in your head of that vision you have. And, you, and you're just slapped across the face and it's like the stake. And you kind of like at this moment realize that like that is the only thing that is stopping your bishop from being involved. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games, with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. like World of Darkness? Do you want to introduce your friends to it? But there's one problem. Nobody reads books anymore. This presents you with a problem, doesn't it? You want to get your friends into these awesome games, but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them. Well, that's where Brett the Hitman comes in. 
Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style! Flair! Humor! <laughs> and of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies! Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now! If only for the dank memes. Tune in today! The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles running through the undead veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>